Hi, I'm Jillian. I'm Olivia. I'm Holly, and you're listening to the Be Well Cartel podcast. Your go-to weekly podcast for women who want real, practical advice on food, fitness, and everything in between. And a healthy dose of dad jokes. You guys, it's been almost a month since we've been in this amazing little podcast bubble. Oh, we're back. Yes. It feels so good. It really yeah, does. you guys have been incredibly patient with me with the last couple of months. I've been in New Zealand going all over the show. So I am so grateful for you holding the fort. <laughs> Can I just say though, it's been fantastic being able to just see the really cool places that you've traveled to in New Zealand. And it just further inspires me to want to go there and just experience all of it myself. Uh, I tell you what, you will love it. And I know that people say that, you know, from the place that they're from but honestly New Zealand is just it's a pretty special place like the landscape um, and everything there is amazing and we spent 10 days um, at one of my husband um, his family have a holiday kind of like house and it's in a national park and in that national park there's I think you guys may have seen wi-fi was like for me was like six dollars a day like it's very 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 remote yeah and I was trying to work <laughs> um so it's very remote and it's just so untouched and so beautiful and having those 10 days especially was just amazing so Gillian you would love New Zealand I think very it's just cool. like there's so much magic to places that don't have tons of people and this is mm-hmm. I don't know if this is because I live in a city and sometimes it just gets quite overwhelming being in a city. I know Olivia, you live in a city as well. Holly, you have like a ton of beautiful space and horses and animals and all those things. Yeah. But, but a big contrast to where I was for like nine years, right. Where I was in Chinese cities that are like insane, insanely huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I actually found like in, when we were living in Taiwan and even in Korea, there's like, you know, beautiful landscape spots that people suggest you go to and go and have a look at. Um, and you go and there's just like so many people there. <laughs> and Edward and I, this sounds a little bit like naughty of us to say, but we, we're always like, oh, it's kind of like, it's nice. But like, if you were doing this at home, you just wouldn't have anybody around. And I think that that's something that we are so, you know, we're so lucky that we have in New Zealand is just not that population, like a lot of countries in the world, I guess. Yeah, I think I'm realizing now even more how much I appreciate like the contrast between being in Barcelona or getting outside of Barcelona. Mm. And it's, yeah, I think it just makes me get closer and closer to this understanding of like, I don't think I want to live in a city for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's definitely like coming back to Seoul and just being surrounded by concrete and buildings again is already pretty suffocating. Mind you, I'm in isolation and we've got three more days to go. So I am feeling, and as you guys know, my little office that I'm in right now um, is my gym as well. And it's very, very small. And so it's just like, oh, you were incredibly upgraded from the plastic stool. My plastic stool. Are you sitting on, didn't you sit on like plastic stools? Yes, we have proper (laughs) furniture now. What we want to talk to today is, is big stuff. This is big. If you are a woman or if you know any women, which I'm sure that no matter who you are, you know, women, 
Um, I, I imagine that you would know a woman or have a relationship of some sort, whether you are a family member or a partner or a friend to a menstruating individual, maybe you even a parent. You came from a menstruating yeah, individual. You, well, unless you came from a petri <laughs> dish, which I doubt. And so that is all to say that this is, um, so you're listening to this, hopefully at the beginning of February, 2022, and we are going to be spending this month. So the next four episodes talking about periods, talking about menstruation and helping you understand a little bit better what the heck is going on with your brain and your body and nutrition and training during this period, during this period, no, sort of through, through the cycle of your period. (laughs) No pun intended. Oh, I, thought, I thought there was quite a good one. I mean, we can probably yeah, do a lot period. of <laughs> like throwing yeah. in periods. Yeah. With and, our conversations. and I think, and, and so honestly, this part of this episode is a little bit selfish for the three of us, because we know that this is going to be an incredible tool for us to be able to use to, to help teach our clients. And so if you're a coach and listening, then this is going to be a great episode for you to share with your clients to help them understand the menstrual cycle better. So it's going to be, this is going to help you. This is going to help anyone that you know that is menstruating or knows someone that's menstruating. So yeah, this is an important one. And um, especially, you know, women have about something like 400 periods in their lifetime. And this has actually changed kind of over the ages um, as we've gone into more modern life where women aren't having as many children as they used to. And so women are actually having more periods than they may have like years ago when they were having many, 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 many children. So, um, and also younger girls, you know, young girls are getting periods earlier. um, And so it's a real shame if we kind of like go through our life without actually understanding our cycle. Um, But I think it's also really important to you know, if you don't know a lot about your menstrual cycle, do not feel shame. Like, do not feel like you are wrong for not doing that because a lot of us actually didn't get that education at school. Um, People don't talk about it. There's still a lot of like taboo around it. Um, And a lot of women have been shamed with their menstrual cycle, you know? And so, you know, being told to just deal with it, get over it. It's been a sign of weakness that we, we should just be suffering in silence, you know, but it can really have a profound impact on your life. And especially if you're getting this understanding of this now, and you have younger girls in your life to help them kind of like through puberty, help them understand themselves a little bit more. And so it's, you know, don't feel shame if you, if you don't know anything about it, because gosh, I didn't for so many years, only, you know, about eight years ago, I started learning about it. And also there's an aspect of it where if we do understand it better, it can be a a helpful tool for us. That doesn't mean that it's always gonna be like a physically comfortable, joyous occasion, but it can be an indicator to us of like, how's how's our health at the moment? How's it been in the past three months? How's it been in the past month? And we'll kind of give you guys an indication as we go through the months of like how you can use your period to work out some of that stuff. Um, Today, we're going to be mainly just breaking down the basics of your cycle, the different stages of your cycle. Um, Next week, we're going to dive a little bit more into how sort of nutrition and training might interact with your cycle. Um, The week after that, we're going to go through some period myths. So yeah, it's going to be a really uh, fun month. And I think before we head into talking about the stages, we just also wanted to touch on how do we even track our cycle because as we start talking about these stages without the context of like what happens in your own body during each of those stages 
it'll be pretty tricky to like line up the other content that's going on during the month. So if you take one thing away from the episode today, it would be if you're not already tracking your cycle, like start tracking it from now and you can track it through the month and you can try and identify the stages that we're about to talk about today. And one thing that I just want to make clear is that tracking our cycle doesn't just mean tracking the first day of our bleeding, because I think that that's something that can often be confused. And and I've, I've talked to many women, you know, friends or or people in my life or, or clients as well. And they're like, well, I know when my period starts and that's the only information that they have. That is definitely better than no information at all, but also be, is starting to track like any symptoms that you may have starting to track uh, spot things like spotting mood changes can be really helpful. And that may be kind of a level up for you, but just to, to give you an idea of like, how do I track that? You can go like the old school calendar method, you know, pen and paper. But if you have an iPhone, I don't know about Android users, but if you have an iPhone, you can track in the health app and it actually gives you op- the options to choose symptoms. And there are many, many, many different different free and paid apps out there that can help you track your cycle. And the nice thing about those is you get to get in a little bit more detail. So the nuance that you see that has to do with your own body is really helpful. And I think that getting in a bit more in depth than just, I know when I start bleeding is, is going to give you the context that we're going to talk about today and through the rest of this month. Yeah. Although that is, that's a great place to start. If you don't already know, like, when does it start? When does it finish? Like, that could be a great stage one. Um, and I think both Olivia and I use Clue with a lot of our um, clients. If you type in Clue app into the app store, that'll come up and that's available on both iPhone and Android. And you can connect it with Google Wellness or Apple Health as well if you want it to be like synced up with your like health hub thing. And then some of my clients also have Oura Rings. I have Oura Rings and they also now can track your cycle and they will bring in body temperature, HRV data, all this stuff like into tracking that as well, which is pretty cool. It is something that you have to kind of persevere with a little bit, you know, mm. um, because tracking for like one month is actually not going to give you a whole lot of information. So we want to be looking at like three to four months and getting some information from there. And I don't want to say data because that can feel kind of scary, but it's just kind of like looking for trends. You know, Mm. if you find that you're particularly hungry at a certain stage of your cycle or your mood changes or you become a little bit more introverted at a certain part um, or maybe the color of the blood is changing a little bit so these um, sorts of things are only going to show up if you give yourself some time to actually see some trends evolve. Yeah and one thing that we want to touch on before we head into the stages is today we're actually going to talk about a normal hormonal cycle when you're not on the pill. And we will touch on this later this month. We're not going to touch on every single type of hormonal birth control because there are quite a lot of them. And that is actually not within the scope of what we do. This this podcast is to provide information. We're not providing medical recommendations. We're We're not trying to contradict any information that you may have gotten from your doctor or any other type of uh, health professional. This is to give you information about how you can empower yourself to learn more about your own body and perhaps spark some questions for your doctor or for any specialist that you may be working with so that you can be more informed in the process of managing your own health. And With that team, do we want to jump into the stages and kind of what they look like? 
Yeah, and just to explain why Julian said we're talking about a normal cycle when you're not on the pill is because the pill affects your hormones in a way that they won't go through the fluctuations we're about to discuss, just for context. Yes. Yeah, let's you. let's talk about it, right? So we're gonna be talking about the there's gonna be four main stages we talk about today in context of our cycle. So we have uh, menstruation, that's the start of our cycle. So day one of the day you bleed is the first day of your cycle. That's where it begins. First stage, that like first half is our follicular stage, which is kind of where we're doing like the egg prepping and uterine lining building. Um, and then we have like the main event of our menstrual cycle, like the whole reason it happens basically, which is ovulation, which is where the egg is released. And then the final stage of our period is the luteal phase, which is basically where our body is prepping our uterus just in case we wanted to like grow that egg into a baby. And if it doesn't happen, then we shed our lining and that's back to the menstruation phase. And so we're going to go into a little bit of a deeper dive with what those different um, phases actually look like. But if we're thinking about a typical kind of um, length for a cycle, people love to make things make sense. And so what makes sense is to put women into a four week kind of thing and like a month because that makes sense for everybody um, and so that's usually how a cycle is kind of spoken about is like a monthly thing but um, the the time for individuals can change greatly so um, it can be between like 24 and 38 days I've seen some 21 to 38 days but there can be quite a lot of variance um, between that and uh, in the notes here we've got like nine days is considered okay kind of like a variance around that and it's also okay for your cycle to go a little bit weird you know um, it could be a little bit lighter it could be earlier it could be heavier um, but it's about looking at what is happening kind of three months prior to that cycle that is really contributing to what happens like that month so it's not so much that month but what might have been happening like three months prior and that is the relationship between um, what is happening with your brain and your ovaries and how these things are speaking together and that can impact your menstrual cycle so and that's a lot to do with like the stress you know stress and things like that. And that's exactly why we have to have some patience when we are tracking our cycle and understanding that, for example, when uh, when all of us were recovering from hypothalamic amenorrhea, our first cycle back wasn't wasn't an indication of like, this is what all of our cycles are going to look like. And so what what Olivia just said is like, it's about it's about three cycles sort of length for our, for us to see changes. Like if we start to improve stress, we're going to really see that impact probably anywhere from two to three cycles later. I don't know, Holly, if you wanted to add anything on that, or we jump, we can jump into a breakdown of the, the four different stages. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would add is basically like, we keep talking about that three months thing, like, why is it three months? So the reason for that is basically that the, the cycle of the follicle, like that releases the egg is 90, about 90 days. And therefore, if you make some changes that you're going to see most of the effects of those changes over the life cycle of the development of the follicles that were developing when you started those changes. And that's why we keep saying, sometimes you have to wait about three months to see the effect of something. You can also see the effect of, of some things on your period closer to the time, sometimes particularly stress. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later when we get to that stage. 
Yeah. So let's, let's hop in. We'll start with the first cycle. Um, that is menstruation. You'll see that kind of generally between days one, you know, one is the first day of your menstruation and that will range anywhere from four to eight. It can be as short as three and, and hopefully it's not much longer than that. Otherwise that may indicate that that's something you might want to talk to your doctor about and see what's going on. Uh, and essentially what's happening during menstruation is we're shedding the uterine lining. And this is when we're talking about hormones. So the kind of two big hormones that are involved in our menstrual cycle are estrogen and progesterone. And during your menstruation, both estrogen and progesterone are quite low. And so you'll, those will fluctuate over the course of your cycle. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. That's kind of like the basic thing that's happening during menstruation. After menstruation, we head into the follicular phase, which is basically the stage from the end of menstruation all the way up until we ovulate. And ovulation is usually around day 14, but obviously that is also a little bit individual. And that's one of the reasons we would track is so we can kind of work out where that is for you. What the follicular cycle is named after is our follicles, which I alluded to a little bit earlier, which are the things that develop and hold all our eggs. And eventually one follicle basically becomes like the dominant follicle for this cycle. And the other ones like stay small and this one grows and grows. It can grow up to like three centimeters, by the way, which I think is pretty crazy. It's like Nuts. the tip of your finger, you know. Um, I call her the queen follicle. The one I love that it. is yeah. chosen <laughs> the queen Yeah, yeah, follicle. the chosen one. Um, so <laughs> she's like, all right, I'm going to dominate everyone else. It's because the dominant, the dominant follicle and she prepares to release the egg, right? And as the follicle grows, it releases estrogen. And that's why our estrogen goes up during the stage of the cycle um, and it's eventually going to peak right before ovulation. I just want to say that this is because we have a little note here around like mood around the follicular phase. And I just want to say that if you are tracking your cycle, this is something that happens to me a lot. And when my estrogen was very low, I did not notice this at all, that after menstruation, when I am in the follicular phase, I'm like crazy creative. It's awesome. And that is something that as you start to track your period, you might notice that those changes in mood, changes in creativity, changes in how you work are actually quite common and, and normal. And it can be really interesting when you start to learn more about that. Yeah. And so Olivia and I've discussed this before, and both of us get quite anxious when our estrogen is really high. And so like if you get into looking at graphs of estrogen, it kind of goes up and then down and goes up a little bit again before you get your cycle and so I noticed that I would get really anxious right before ovulation and then I'd get like a little bit anxious again like midway through um my luteal phase and I was like ah what's going on and I was like oh it's you what's up estrogen coming <laughs> in there disrupting and, my shit you know, the, the relationship between estrogen and progesterone is really interesting as well because they're like best buddies and Estrogen is kind of like our really good friend, our good friend, like in that follicular phase. But then when estrogen and progesterone, which we'll talk about in a second, um, in the luteal phase, when they get together, that's when things can get kind of weird and estrogen can maybe not be as helpful when it's with progesterone. So it's a really, when we're thinking about this stuff and we're thinking about estrogen, progesterone, it's, um, it's just kind of like this beautiful kind of dance between them yeah. and also what is happening with our brain as well with um, LH and FSH as well, these other hormones. So it's kind of like just this constant up and down in this dance. Yeah. And, you know, Olivia mentioned FSH, I mean, follicular stimulating hormones. You can imagine 
it's stimulating follicles we can think about what that would be useful for in this follicular phase. And so after that phase, we go into ovulation. So this is where we're releasing the egg in the middle of our cycle, around the middle of our cycle. So estrogen has just peaked. Uh, we ovulate, estrogen starts to drop down because the follicles no longer growing. And when estrogen starts to peak, then it signals to our brain and our brain releases what Olivia just mentioned, LH, luteinizing hormone. Luteinizing hormone, luteal phase. We can see where those two are gonna connect together. So yeah, we can head into there. Well, and, and just one thing around ovulation is that when you are tracking your period, you may notice that your, your cervical mucus, so like the, the stuff that you see in your underwear is a little bit different. And so this is something that when you kind of get deep into tracking your cycle or more comfortable with it, you may start paying more attention. It can be quite helpful to pay more attention to what that cervical mucus looks like. And you'll notice that the consistency and the amount of it changes throughout your cycle and around ovulation, it'll be more of like an egg white consistency, which I kind of feel weird and gross when I say that, but then when you see it, it's not weird and gross because it's your body, but that's something that you'll notice around ovulation. So that can be helpful for you to be like, oh, okay. I am actually seeing the changes in my cycle through this period, which is really cool. And I'll just add on to that, the importance of ovulation, because when we're talking about this whole cycle, there's so much emphasis that's actually been give, given to the bleed or the, you know, the period, um, when actually ovulation is the main event in this whole beautiful thing that's going on. Because if we don't ovulate, I'll, Holly will probably go into the luteal phase here, which will kind of explain it a little bit. But if we don't ovulate, then we're not going to produce progesterone. And then the rest of the cycle is not going to work as efficiently and as beautifully as it po possibly could. So ovulation is really the main event when it comes to having a healthy cycle. Yeah, totally. That's the big show. That's the whole reason this cycle exists is basically to facilitate ovulation and to quickly circle back to what Julie mentioned at the very beginning of this, RE, the pill, you're not ovulating on the pill. So the, the big show, the main event isn't happening if we're on the pill. Okay, so let's go into the luteal phase. So we've just ovulated. The luteal phase, average length is about 14 days, but anywhere from nine to 16 days is common. At this stage, in terms of tracking it, we see a rise in body temperature. It's usually going to be like 0.3 to 0.5 degree bump up. And you should see that increase then stay. That's Celsius for, or Fahrenheit? That's Celsius. I have okay. no idea what it is in Fahrenheit. I, no, I, I, I don't know what it is either, but I just think it's important Fahrenheit that if people in the United yes. States are listening to it, that yeah. is, it's going to be a lot different in Celsius and in Fahrenheit. I'll it's look it up. You finish days. talking about the luteal okay. phase. You, I'll Google it. <laughs> this is where we you made like a, a, a cool no idea how to convert into Fahrenheit. Um, but yeah, basically you should see that, that temperature go up and it should stay increased for like at least 10 days. And if we're not seeing the temperature increase for 10 days, it's a pretty good sign that you didn't ovulate um, in the middle of your cycle. So that can be a handy way to track it. This phase is named after what is called the corpus luteum. And this is what um, your like follicle egg combo is converting into after ovulation, converts into this thing called the corpus luteum, helped along by luteinizing hormone. We can see the loos, like all the loos joining together. And that's what it's named after. That's why it's called the luteal phase. So once that's happened, then your follicle starts to produce progesterone as well as estrogen. The amount of estrogen uh, drops a little bit. Um, progesterone come, goes up and up and up, peaks, and then drops right before your cycle starts again. And this stage of the cycle is kind of where we get those sort of PMS symptoms associated with it. So some mood changes, 
some people get headaches, acne, bloating, breast tenderness. I was going to be different for different people and we'll talk why those things come up in future episodes. And one thing I wanted to mention in this bit was also prostaglandins, which I think is something that a lot of people might not have heard of, um, but pretty much everyone probably has experience. And those are the things that cause your uterus to cramp. And it's they're basically trying to help get the get the period party started. They're kind of like, let's contract the walls of this uterus and start getting things like going. They're also why sometimes your digestive system can feel a little off um, during your menstrual cycle or just before it, because your body's kind of like, oh, crampy items, like just like contract all kinds of things. And that's why I can feel a little weird. I mean, our intestines and our ovaries are not far away from each other. Let's be realistic here. I So I did look up the difference. To be fair, it was really hard to find the difference in temperature in like Celsius versus Fahrenheit, but I found it. So your overall body temperature, obviously it's it's individual to each person. Not everybody has exactly 98.6 when it, in Fahrenheit. And so it can range, for example, the range is about 0.7 to 0.8 degrees Fahrenheit if you are measuring this in the United States, okay, handy. in the place that uses Fahrenheit, we still don't know why they won't use the metric system, but that's for another <laughs> podcast episode. And I think also interesting to note here, when, when we're talking about the you know, fluctuations that we can have in length of cycle, it's the follicular phase that can change. The luteal phase will always stay the same. It can never be longer than 16 days. And that's because of this amazing corpus luteum thing that we have going on in that luteal phase, which only lasts for like 10 to 16 days. And what this is, is this um, amazing like gland or tissue that grows in your body. And it grows to like, is it four centimeters? I think, I think it grows to like four centimeters. It's the only tissue in your body that actually does this. Um, and then it completely disintegrates. So it's this gland that grows over these days and then it completely disintegrates. And then that's the end of your luteal phase. And without progesterone, you're not kind of like able to do this. And the health of that corpus luteum is affected by the stress and like health and, you know, the things that we talked about before with the things that can um, affect your brain and that how that can affect your menstrual cycle as well. So it's right. a really interesting, a really beautiful thing that the female body does, which I think deserves a little bit of love and um, airtime. Yeah, super cool. It really yeah. is. I think understanding, understanding all of the things that happen in your body during a healthy menstrual cycle, I think is absolutely fascinating and can give you an entirely new respect for all of the work that your body is doing. But also having heard all of this, it makes sense why it's fairly easy to, th to, to throw these things off. Like it's a lot of, it's kind of like Jenga, right? Like you pull one thing and things might start to wobble. Maybe you, you do something else and, and it just kind of all starts to, to crumble. I think that Maybe that's a little bit dramatic, but I think that it's easy to understand why small changes. I mean, I think even over COVID, there were a lot of people that had menstrual cycle changes due to the stress of just everything that was going on in the world. And so I think that this is also why it's so fantastic to be able to track your cycle because you can understand like the back and forth between your overall daily life and health and your menstrual cycle and vice versa, which I think is fantastic for us to be able to understand ourselves better as humans and be able to 
help ourselves, help nurture ourselves towards a healthier cycle. And also why it's sometimes called the, the fifth vital sign. Yeah, totally. And I think um, also what's important here is that the cycle um, can often be used as a bit of a crux for things that are going on in our life. Like, oh, I feel like this because my period is coming. I feel like this because my period, you know, sort of like a little bit of blame. And I think that sometimes, I mean, there are 150 symptoms that women can experience in the PMS phase. Like there are so many different variables with that. Um, but I think that the the beauty of tracking as well is that we can actually take a little bit more responsibility that maybe some of the things that we feel are not actually to do with our period but they're to do with like general lifestyle things that we're not kind of considering like sleep and nutrition and things like that which can affect the cycle um well they can affect the hormones that contribute to the cycle but I think that that's just a really powerful powerful way for us to take more responsibility in other areas of our life as well if we do often use our cycle as a bit of a crux yeah totally because although although it may be quote unquote due to your cycle it's like what have we done that affected the things that affected the cycle that's awesome I think we did a really good quick overview today of the main stages of the cycle and why we might want to track it and next week, we're going to go into a little more depth on each stage of the cycle and how it might affect nutritional needs and how it might interact with our training. Uh, we're going to debunk a few uh, myths around some of the stuff that's currently put out. And that's very trendy to talk about training with your cycle. I know it's one of Olivia's um, favorite pet peeves. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll dive into that this week. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to add to today's episode? Now, the one thing I want to add is it can feel frustrating when you don't understand why certain things are happening with your cycle. And this is where, again, this is a phrase that we, I was just listening to uh, an old episode of ours. And we said this even a year ago when we first started this is to practice curiosity over judgment. Instead of listening to this and be like, this is bad. My cycle doesn't do this. We can start to get curious. And as you listen to these episodes throughout this month, you're going to have more tools to help build that curiosity and use it in a productive way. So that's all I had to say about, about that. And anything else? Oh, just, just that if it does feel a little bit overwhelming, like the kind of language that we've used talking about the sex hormones and things like that, honestly, don't worry. Um, it's, it can feel a little bit overwhelming, but go back and listen to this episode again and you'll probably be like, oh, okay, cool. Like I, I get that now. So um, yeah, it can, I think that the language can, if, if it is new to you, can feel a bit um, overwhelming, but, but don't be. Yeah. And with that, friends, if you have enjoyed this episode or if you know anybody that you're thinking, hey, wow, I think they probably could really benefit from this please send this episode to them or feel free to share it on your social media and tag us. As mentioned earlier in this episode, this is not meant to replace any information given to you by a medical professional by any means. And so please don't take this as medical advice. This is advice for you to start to hopefully understand your body a little bit better. And if you are confused about anything, or if you hear something, you're like, Hey, I might need to change X, Y, Z, talk to your doctor about it first instead of just going for it yourself, because it can feel really great to have more information, but making sure that you're doing that in a responsible way is really, really important. 
With that, my friends, it has been lovely to see you, lovely to talk to you. I can't wait to talk more about periods for the rest of this month. See you again next time.